On this week's Adam Schefter podcast, we sit down with the Thursday night Amazon Prime broadcasters, pioneers in their field, Hannah Storm, Andrea Kramer, and we'll be joined by NFL ESPN researcher Evan Kaplan. But first, my friends, my colleagues, the history makers, Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer. This is a treat for me to be with two ladies I have such great respect for, that I've always looked up to, hold in such high regard, and consider close working colleagues. Absolutely. Now it's a treat for us. We should do this podcast where I tell Adam Schefter stories. <laughs> oh, oh, will you please? Go ahead. Well, actually, I'll tell them on our time, Hannah. And you and I have plenty of time together these days. So I will tell great Adam Schefter stories on our time. Yeah, Andrew, I'm those. giving you a forum, an open forum right here to embarrass me as much as you want. Yeah, I want to hear no, your, the first one that comes to you. mind. You know, you know what, Adam... Adam is the nicest guy I've ever met, especially considering the sort of cutthroat business that he finds himself in. He just is. He's just, he's just the nicest, the nicest guy. And he's been this way forever. And he's got the nicest parents. And I used to love, I'd be in Denver so much. And his parents would be there with him. And he was just, you know, this nice Jewish boy. And there's his lovely parents. And it was just, I have all these just fond memories of, of Adam kind of growing up it, it it feels like and then to see where he is and what he's you know what he has uh developed into and marrying Sherry and having two wonderful children and and the book which I read and enjoyed and and loved and savored and it made me cry it's just I'm I'm just really proud of him I'm proud of him for what he does for work but I'm proud of the man that he is uh, that is very very kind and I'll let you go on and on. However, we're going to get to you ladies. I, I, I second all of that, but you uh. didn't mention the dogs either. Which, so Andrea, when Adam was first here at ESPN and he used to come on and, and, oh, and yeah. do his reports um, out of his house, you know, he would sit up with the studio <laughs> in his house. I'll never forget one day in the early going, we had just started like Sports yeah. Center um, in the daytime and he does a report and literally his dogs are going insane. Insane. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. And that happened multiple well, times. Well, you know why? Because my <laughs> wife, to go back to the book, Andrea, is always doing some sort of construction. So there's workers walking in. We've got the four labradoodles. The four labradoodles are going nuts. And it just creates quite a scene of chaos. Literally yelling at his dogs during commercial break. It was hilarious. I didn't expect to be going to all these spots that we're now going to. So can we take it back <laughs> okay. to Thursday night and all everything right. that... This is what happens. So you, you invite women on and we just take over, Adam. What do you expect? <laughs> well, I expect you to take over in a different way. Not that you haven't already taken over the sports broadcasting world. And not that you haven't already taken over Thursday nights. Both of you now working on Thursday Night Football... On Amazon Prime. Did exactly. I say it correctly, yeah, Hannah? Yeah, yes, you did. And there's a there's a Spanish team and there is a UK team. A couple of soccer aficionados who, uh, especially one of them, Tommy Smith, here at ESPN, had always dreamed of hmm. broadcasting football. So um, opportunities for a lot of people. Well, you're two games in. And you have another game this upcoming Thursday night, the Giants and the Eagles. How has this gone for both of you so far? Andrea, you want to start? I defer to you. <laughs> Okay, it's been wonderful. Um, I'm Bill Belichick. I'm deferring until the second half, except (laughs) last week. Go ahead. (laughs) On to New York. Great. Um, It's been great. Um, It is um, a challenge. Um, It's one that we very carefully considered 
uh, Amazon came to both of us and they had this idea and they said that, you know, we will respect whether or not you want to do this, put yourselves out there like this um, and do something unprecedented and something that neither of you has ever done. Uh, if you say no, we're not going to do it at all. And that really gave Andrea and I um, pause in the sense that we felt a great responsibility, A, to do this. Um, B, the first thing that they said was this is not some sort of gimmick. And that was what we mm-hmm. wanted to hear, too. Um, so I think both of us felt grateful at this point in our careers as as veteran broadcasters to have this kind of challenge, to have this kind of opportunity. And um, we are learning, you know, at an exponential rate. Um, we're doing it a little bit different. We're doing a lot of storytelling, but we are also, of course, you know, doing the story of the game at hand. And uh, I hope from, you know, week one to week 11, we make a lot of progress. But I love the fact that it is an entire season. It wasn't just a one-off to make history, quote unquote. It it really, they're putting some teeth behind it. And I think that's very important. Andrea? Well, Hannah just pretty much said said it all. I think one thing that she said before when she was referencing the UK feed about Tommy Smith and how this is something he's always wanted to do, I this isn't something that I'd always thought of that I wanted to do. In fact, if anything, you know, look back in uh, back in the late 80s, I know another century away, uh, I had the opportunity to do play-by-play, and I had trained for it uh, with a, a, an amazing man named Marty Glickman. NBC had, had trained me for it. And I didn't think it was the right time. I, th- I thought that it would it would not be taken seriously. So that was something that I really thought had sailed in, in my career. And I, I guess th- this is what was so sort of amazing. As, as Hannah said, we're going on in our careers in, in very uh, in very satisfied ways. And then all of a sudden, we literally picked up the phone. And it, so it wasn't something that we had put ourselves out there for in terms of lobbying. And as, as Hannah said, <laughs> but to fill in a little bit more detail, she and I are texting each other while we're on the phone with the, oh. the gentleman from Amazon the first time. And as soon as he said, this is not a gimmick, our, our reaction, I think, was joined. It was sort of like, okay, we'll continue to listen. It's it's sort of like speed dating, and you know, you get an idea about what the person looks like, or a blind date, you get a person an idea what the person looks like. So, okay, I'll actually go and join them. So it was it was this feeling of, oh. wow, okay, this is off to a good start, and uh, providing us with the resources, and yeah, making it making it abundantly clear to us that it it is us or no one. And, and Hannah had a Hannah said it straight off to me. She goes, if not us, then who? And that really resonated mm. a lot for me because mm. you don't do something for that reason, but if that is a great unintended consequence that we might be able to open doors for, for other people, then I think that's great. And it's not only with the opportunity to do it, it's also with the message that it sends that you can be 30 years into a, a very successful mm. career and then really put yourself out there to do something different. And just for me personally, I am always looking for a new challenge, a way to get better, uh, a way to sort of broaden my horizons. And boy, oh boy, this is, this is it. It's, it's a learning experience every single day. And uh, as Hannah said, 
we start out and, and 11 games later will be better. But as I told the team, I said, if we're not good right out of the gate, nobody will be watching week 11. So hopefully we were, we were solid out of the gate, and, uh, and then we do get better each, each time out and each rep out. And the other thing is that we've got a great team that we've assembled. Um, we're small but mighty. Uh, we have, in fact, two people who, oh, by the way, happen to be women that are our game producer and our content producer. We have a terrific spotter in the booth working primarily with Hannah, who's a man, and I keep joking with him about the testosterone in the room, and hopefully you're still going to actually get, want to get married one day after you've been around all these women for 12 weeks. But uh, it's, a, it's a great little team, and, um, and I'm pretty psyched, and I cannot ask for anybody anybody that I would want to be doing this with more than Hannah Storm. We'll be back in a moment with more of my conversation with Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer. But first, I want to tell you about 1-800-Flowers. Between fall birthdays, anniversaries, and big celebrations, there's a lot of dates to keep track of. And let's face it, you're not going to remember them all. So when your back is against the wall and her birthday or anniversary is just days away, trust 1-800-Flowers.com to have your back. 1-800-Flowers is my go-to move in crunch time situations. They'll get your bouquet where it needs to go for a price you won't believe. Right now, when you order a dozen red or multicolored roses for only $29.99, 1-800-Flowers will give you another dozen plus a vase absolutely free. I've taken advantage of 1-800-Flowers great offers and trust me, the reaction you get is one of a kind. Choose between a beautiful arrangement of red or multicolored roses. Perfect for birthdays, anniversaries, screw-ups, or just because. One dozen red or multicolored roses for only $29.99 plus another dozen and vase for free is a great deal. I trust 1-800-Flowers.com when the game's on the line. To order a dozen red or multicolored roses plus an extra bouquet and vase for $29.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon and enter code Adam. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, code Adam. You say that you would not want to do this to anybody but Hannah. How close were you guys before this great experiment began? Well, the the hilarious thing is, I think that there's some kind of Guinness Book of World Records situation here because Andrea worked with my husband for years at NBC. Uh. So they were side by side for, you know, Michael Phelps, gold medals in Beijing. I mean, Andrea was, you know, with NBC for any number of years when Dan was there. So was I. I was there for 10 years, but Andrea and I never actually worked together. So... A, I knew the intense preparation factor that goes into any kind of Andrea Kramer production. <laughs> so I knew I was in great hands. I mean, talk about no stone unturned. Um, I knew I was in great hands uh, regarding that. And uh, that that was really fun. So there was just an instant comfort level. You know, we've obviously exchanged Christmas cards and been very supportive of each other through the years. Uh, but we had never worked together. I had no idea that you guys... Yeah. We're simpatico like that. Yeah, well, you know, my husband is her work husband and he's my real husband. You know? <laughs> That's right. That's right. And, and you know, he was and, he was great. Yeah, too. And, but it, but it's it's great because I I you you know when you're working with someone and you just you don't have to worry. So for me, I can focus on what I need to do. There's nobody better professionally than Hannah. Think of she has done everything. There's nothing she hasn't seen, sports, hard news breaking news, events, you name it. She Everything. Is, it I, I marvel at yep. the ability that she has to get 
in and out of breaks, to commercial, to bring in guests, to set me up completely seamlessly, flawlessly. And make no mistake, that is a real, mm. that is a real comfort factor for me. But then there's just the idea of, you know, what kind of chemistry do you have together? As, as our producer, Betsy Riley, says, where's the magic come from? And it's, we just talk to each other. Um, you know, full disclosure, every week we must, we must have our obligatory Notre Dame reference because my broadcast partner is a proud graduate. <laughs> and because the players University. are so good, they do great things every week, <laughs> I might add. Just saying. Yeah, so we, we, and, and, and Hannah constantly is reminding, yes, we're talking football. Yes, we're telling stories. Yes, we're doing analysis. But we have to be having fun. And that's the one thing that I've learned over the years. If the audience senses that you're enjoying yourself yep. and you're having fun, they will come along with you. But if they sense that there's angst, struggle, if they, you know, why do they want to listen? They don't want to listen. So we, we, we want to try to have fun. But again, having fun doesn't mean that we're not covering the game and, and, and you know, completely respecting that uh, there is a live event coming on and in the, that we're in the midst of and that we are going to be covering it and, and, and documenting it. You talk about the greatness of Hannah. I'm going to pay her a compliment here uh, that she wouldn't even know that I say, but I remember talking to one of our producers who left here within the last year, Ashok Moore, mm. who's a close personal friend of mine. Yep. And when he was leaving, I said, Ashok, give me your broadcast dream team. And he gave you as the anchor – because he said, you're always prepared, always spot on. And he talked about the fact that he was in Louisville for Muhammad Ali's funeral. Mm. You anchored our coverage that day, and it was stupendous. It was flawless. It was perfect. It was exactly as it should be. And there aren't many people. I would say you and Bob Lee probably would be the only people capable of doing that. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you know, listen, it, it, to to work for somebody that comes to you and says that you have all these years of experience and that we value that, you know, that's huge, right? And I think that in particular with this broadcast where the challenge is, is Andrea and I are, are essentially taking Fox's feed. We're taking somebody else's broadcast. We have all these stories, all the ideas, but as these pictures come in on the fly and these graphics come in on the fly and, you know, all of these production elements – you know, it's it's a split second reaction. So you have hmm. to be able to talk on the fly, you have to be so prepared that you can react on the fly. And that's what live events, like you mentioned, Ollie's funeral, that was nine hours live, you know, of just reacting to the moment hmm. and reacting to what you're seeing. And that does come with, you know, years of doing breaking news or, you know, working at uh, NBC covering live events. You know, that's that's a large body of experience that I just think you can't replace. But I do appreciate all the nice things and that you said. Some nice Thank things you. for Andrea, the 2008. Because yes. we're actually doing a game completely opposite from the way, quote unquote, it's done. I mean, typically, if you are the the play by play and the analyst, the producer and director are listening to what you say, and they put the pictures up based on what you're talking about. So, you know, if you some, suddenly want to start talking about something that's going on in the sidelines, they're going to go find that shot. As Hannah is indicating, we're, we're in just the opposite position. We're talking, and we, we don't want to, as our producer calls it, chase the video, which means every time something comes up, we have to stop what we're saying, and we have to start talking about that. 
we want to try to make it as seamless as possible. But it really is the complete opposite. It's, it's, it's one of the great challenges that you have when you're doing a, a quote-unquote, when you're speaking to a quote-unquote world feed. But uh, there's, there's advantages to it also. And the key thing is it's our broadcast. To have someone that comes to you at this point in your career and says, do what you want. Tell it the way you want. Adam, I can't tell you how gratifying that is. It's fun. Uh, yeah, fun. it is. It's it really, is. It's yeah, amazing. It's like this podcast. That's fun. Right? I mean, this is yours. Well, you know right? what? It's, yeah, it's mine, and I have no idea what we're going to do, and I had some right. notes and questions prepared, and I wanted right. to go into some areas, and we'll still hit on them, but... We've just been talking, and we have right. Andrew making fun of my dating history, and we're yeah. talking about the greatness of Hannah, and I want to talk about the greatness marveling of Marveling at it, not making fun of it, marveling at it. Marveling, and I have I have some compliments for Andrea, the 2018 recipient mm-hmm. of the Pete Rozelle Radio Television Award from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Cool. Long overdue, great, and let me say this, there's nobody in our business who has ever, and I mean this in the most complimentary ways, been the pit bull that Andrea is, that goes and gets these people, that gets them to open up, that She's gets what she wants. Exactly what she wants, right? Oh, my gosh. Adam, we will be on – so we talk to a lot of um, players and coaches in preparation for these games. So we we do a lot of phone calls and talk to people in the team and people around the team. And Andrea, you know, I'll have this nice – oh, really? Oh, that's so interesting. Oh, okay. Wow, that is just a great story. And Andrea would be like, where did that happen? When did that yeah. happen? What yeah. happened next? Tell me more about that and so she has like 10 follow-up questions to you know every story and it's awesome because it's that level of detail that you can tell from her days of uh reporting and and being on the sidelines but the the great thing about this is she she has this this huge notebook oh my god if you see a picture of her house and all the all the paper that she has good lord um but she you know has a big notebook which i'm sure as a sideline reporter you probably got to use like i don't know one hundredth of everything that that you actually actually found out she gets to use it all in these games. So it's really fun. But it's really, it's also funny, Adam, because, and thank you for that, Hannah, and, and, and thank you for that, Adam. <laughs> but Hannah and I will sit here on these conference calls, and we will literally be thinking of the same exact follow-up. Really? And Always. then one person, it comes out of one person's mouth. So, again, we're very like-minded in that. And, uh and again, it just it all speaks to the simpatico that we have when we are now broadcasting games. Well, you've yeah. done this for so long at such a high right. level, and there's nobody that has done the job each of you have in your own respective ways and carved out your own legendary status in the industry in the areas that you have. And so I'm not surprised to hear that you would be thinking alike. And, and that's why it's cool, too. Like even the same people contacted us. You know, when we when this was announced. So we both individually heard from Charles Barkley. Now, you wouldn't think you would think that that was an unlikely, right? Something unlikely. My Philly Philly girl, of course, you know, she knows she knows everyone ever associated with Philly. But, um, you know, just again, congratulations. Proud of you. You know, all of all of those kinds of things. Or she'll say like uh, over the weekend, she's like, let's call our two men. I'm like, okay, do you want to or should I? You know, I mean, we 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 seem to even sort of have the same kinds of friends and know a lot of the same people it's really funny you know separately so i just think it's you know anyway it's it's really funny and and it ha- we have the same col- favorite color i mean all sorts of which is we're both left-handed and, and we both love the color purple. and our kids too purple. and one my son and and one of her one of hannah's daughters has the same birth date i mean there's yeah. just wow. a lot of sort of like cool? little little weird yeah. uh little weird connections mm-hmm. so since you've gotten the job and since you began this job thursday night amazon prime 
broadcasting the game, Anna Storm, Andrea Kramer. What's the one most powerful message that you've gotten from somebody that made you think what you're doing now is different, important, and significant? Well, Andrea got, actually got a, a really cool yeah. email from someone she didn't even know. And do you want to paraphrase that yeah, email exactly. for Adam? Yeah, so, so I, I got this email and then pretty much immediately forwarded it on to Hannah. And mm-hmm. uh, it said, good luck to you two fine broadcasters. It's about time. We are better for having you pave the way. I imagine there will be countless young girls who will wake up Friday morning with an entirely new dream. You are making it possible. So first of all, I, I, it, it really it resonated so strongly for me. I forwarded it to Hannah, who has three daughters. Yep. Adam, you have one daughter. Mm-hmm. So just I, I, I can imagine that would resonate for you as well. But I, I hadn't thought of it in, in the big picture of of that and what kind of impact and what kind of opening it it might lead for for other people and you know here's this man who's a father of of daughters and stuff like that who was writing this so that was that was pretty powerful me for for me but Adam I got several emails along those lines many mm-hmm. emails along those lines yeah. and and that's uh that makes you feel really good that you're doing more than just telling the story of a football game, that maybe you're having a little bit of an impact on uh, on who's coming through in this next generation. The best thing for me was um, my youngest daughter, Riley, um, sending me a good luck video from the weight room with her and her field hockey team, you know, and they're like in the weight room. They're oh. all athletes. They're like, you know, giving the sign, you know, like throwing their their <laughs> arms up, their muscles. And they're like, good luck. We're so proud of you. And, you know, that really um, spoke volumes to me. Well, you know what? I have a daughter, a 10 year old daughter who you both have met. She's 10 going on 25. <laughs> you, you, bo- you both have met her. And I told her. About the fact that Andrea and Hannah are now doing Thursday Night Football. Oh, cool. And she got very excited for you because she's fans of both of yours. And then she got actually a little annoyed. And she goes, I go, what's the matter? And she goes, I wanted to do that. Oh, awesome. (laughs) And she will, I hope, one day. That's what she said. Yeah, it's so cool. You know, sometimes you have to see it to dream it. Sometimes you have to. Right. And it takes always somebody to be the first. It takes somebody to take a risk and to put themselves out there. And when you're there, then that becomes a possibility. You want that to become a a job possibility for somebody else. You want somebody to hear about it, to see it and to say, you know what? I want to do that. I think I can do that. But you have to you have to have somebody do it first. Who did that for you guys? Wow, there were no uh, women per se um, on the air doing sports regularly when I started off. But you know what I remember watching were the Olympics and watching Jane Pauley. And they used to take, you know, the morning shows, whoever was anchoring the Today Show went and did the Olympics. So for me, my dream was dual then. I Because I grew up in a, in a household where my father was a sports executive, so I always went to sporting events, mostly mostly ABA and NBA games when it wasn't a school night. It never occurred to me until I tried to do it that, this, that, that women didn't belong in sports mm. because I grew up loving it wow. so much. But I had the dream of being a morning show host and a sportscaster and doing Olympics. I wanted to do Olympics, and I wanted to host a morning show because of the years of watching Jane Polly, and I ended up doing both for Olympics and then uh, wow. six years at CBS, um, you know, doing a morning show. So that's pretty darn cool. 
It, it's the same thing. I mean, we, we, when we were growing up, I always say to young girls, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll want to know, you know who I was interested in when I was growing up. And I look at them and I say, well, when I was your age, I didn't exist. And they kind of look at me quizzically. So I explain to them that there, were no, there, was, there was no Hannah Storm that I could sit there as a little 12-year-old and go, gosh, I want to do what she does. It just, it just that person didn't exist. I remember, for me, Gail Gardner on NBC, she made her debut on January 1st. And, and our paths had crossed at, uh, or I, I had seen her on ESPN. And I just remember feeling oh, my God, I need you. I want you to do great. I want you to do great. Because if you do great, then this could open opportunities for other people. And I just I remember standing in front of the television, just my heart beating as, as she came on for the first time. So I, that, that resonated for me. But really, uh, in terms of football, I mean, when we, when we were younger, there was, uh, there was Phyllis George, former mm-hmm. Miss America. There was right. Jane Kennedy. And while they were... You know, they filled their roles on the on the iconic NFL today. That's not someone that I ever thought that I was going to be. So I, I think the idea of having people out there now that show what is possible is is very, very important and it's it's meaningful, especially for the these young girls that are out there. It's incredible. Really. Never had it before. There have been some women occasionally in the booth, mm-hmm. but never two women in a booth together, and so for me, it's an honor to get to speak to you ladies who are making history now and have made history throughout the course of your careers doing everything that you've done and continue to break down doors, break down barriers, and send messages like this to your three girls, Hannah, my daughter, Will's one-day wife, Andrea, right? (laughs) Who knows? You never know. You never know what impact your actions today are going to have years down the road. You just don't know. So you have to put your head down, do your best. Andrew and I are working our, we're working so hard on this because we want it to be good. We want it to be successful. We know that there are some people who don't like the idea and that's fine because they don't have to watch. They don't have to listen. Um, and they didn't like the idea before we started. So there's nothing that we can do to convince people who don't like the idea otherwise. And, and, and they're there and that's out there, but you can't, play scared you can't play to you know that that negative uh feeling or people who who are saying negative things you just you just can't you if you know you tried your best and you did your hardest and you understand and give yourself some some leeway to make mistakes and to grow um you know that's the important thing and that's the attitude we have have the two of you seen attitude shift towards women in jobs like this Oh, well, I, I, I think as Hannah alluded, there's always going to be a segment of the population that does not want their news, sports news delivered by women. And that's fine. If, if they don't want to watch, they don't need to watch. We are an option. Uh, one of the things that Hannah and I were completely in simpatico about is let's not, you know, we, we knew that there was going to be attention drawn to this. I, me personally, I don't know if I thought it was going to, you know, merit being on, you know, we were on World News Tonight and, and the front page of CNN, and it, it crossed over into the news aspect. But one of the things that Han and I were both in agreement on is, hey, let's not market this like we're, def- you know, we're recreating the wheel here. You know, we're, we're providing an option. We're doing it our way. Uh, it's not better or worse. Joe and Troy deliver a magnificent broadcast. 
we are different, not better or worse. We're just different. We are ourselves. We, that's the key is we have to be able to talk about football as ourselves. One of the best pieces of advice that I, that I got was actually John Madden had called me and, you know, he was telling me how proud he was of me and things of that nature. And, and both he and Al Michaels individually have also said to me, look, people start talking about all this cover two, cover three, backside penetration, A-gap, jet sweeps, rub routes. He goes, Al says to me, I guarantee you 99.9% of the people listening have no idea what it's talking about. You don't have to go there. You can talk about what you're seeing. You can talk about what you understand. You can explain all these things. But as John Madden also said to me, he goes, don't think you need to cram for the test. You've been preparing for this for 30-some years. You've been studying football. You've been learning about football. You've been talking to coaches and players about football. That's where you've learned from. You don't need to think that, you know, you've got, it, you've got this test on Thursday nights and you've got to go cram for it. And, Adam, that was a hugely important thing for me to hear because, as Hannah again alluded, I feel like I've worked hard my entire career, but nothing to this extent, nothing. And, uh, and that's been a little daunting in itself, but it's, it's been fun and fulfilling, and we're only two, two games in. I think you asked a great question, too, about where is this business going in terms of women in sports. And it's made, you know, since Andrea and I started, we're virtually, there, there, there weren't women on television doing what we do. I mean, look at all the incredible talent that we have here, um, even at ESPN. And you look at a talent in the booth, you know, like Beth Mowens and, and Doris Burke and uh, Jessica Mendoza. But there's still such a, a, a great area of growth. And I do think a lot of that growth is in play-by-play and analysis of traditionally men's sports and men's major league sports. So I still think there's a lot of room to grow there. Hopefully, Andrea and I are going to continue to push that forward. And then I think it's also going to be very interesting because women in sports is a relatively new phenomenon through the generations. How is that going to age? Right. How are where we've seen uh, broadcasters, you know, male broadcasters in the business um, signing, you know, new contracts into their 80s. Right. And being revered and loved. You know, what's that going to look like as women keep advancing through the decades in sports broadcasting? And I think that's really interesting, too. And when you look at longevity, um, you, you do see great longevity in the play by play and analysis field of the industry. So I think in terms of putting women in those positions, that's really important. And I hope that it continues to make the strides that it has. You know what else, Adam? And I just shared this with Hannah. I think it was yesterday. And I, 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 I thought about this. Uh, obviously Beth Moens and, and uh, women who have really worked their way up doing play by play. And a number of people said, well, Hannah's never done play by play. And, Hannah Storm said, I've never done play-by-play. But what I realized is all the skills that she uses when she is doing her hosting, because think about it, you're sort of talking in, in quick bursts, you're setting people up, you're listening and reacting, you're communicating with your co-anchor or your analyst. It's exactly what she does in play-by-play. And I sit there and marvel at her ability. You know, it's because, look, you want to get your facts straight. Get the down, the distance, the time, all the facts, okay? But then being able to weave in the other little, the little lines about who these people are or, or something or a little essential fact. This is what she's been doing 
for decades as a host. So all of a sudden it hit me, this is why she's able to make this transition into a, into a really good play-by-play person this quickly. And I, I sit there each week and I just marvel at it. I really do, because she has much more of the skill set than I think she, uh, she probably even thought about when she first decided to accept this. The first time I ever did play-by-play was the first year of the WNBA. It was her <laughs> inaugural season. And my daughter, who is graduating from college this year, had wow. just been born. Can you imagine wow. having a baby going on the road, doing the first season of a new league? And like, like after a couple of weeks, I was like, I'm not feeling so great. My stomach's kind of hurting. I went to the doctor. He's like, you have an ulcer. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that figures. <laughs> so yeah, we've come a long way. No, no, no ulcers yet. <laughs> well, I want to thank you both. I want to congratulate you both. I want to. I, I'm honored to have this conversation with both of you to get to know you personally, professionally, and to have you as guests on my podcast. It oh, means a lot to best. me. Thank you so much, Adam. And we love and you. you know what? You, uh, too, mm-hmm. you tell Dylan yes. that we're just keeping the seat warm for <laughs> That's her. Right. <laughs> And and she's also, <laughs> hey, listen, she's welcome to come and visit us. You know what I mean? And she can she can sit in the back like she did, uh, uh, you know, like she was hoping to do most recently when I when I saw you. And but I also saw you at a fundraiser, and there she was front and center. Oh my God, this child has more <laughs> charisma in her little pinky than you know half the talent out there. Anyway, so <laughs> thank you, thank you, you know, you uh, you know, she, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I would like to bring her you a, and your beautiful wife. Thank Sherry. you. I would like to bring her on a Thursday night. The thing is, I'm always leaving here. I got to figure out a way to get to Connecticut to you guys. Yeah, we're well, in no, we Connecticut. Didn't invite you, by the we way. just invited her. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Well, I got to figure out a way to get her there. Pretty much an entirely estrogen fueled boot, so you know we got to keep to it. No, I'm only kidding. She, oh, she would love being. She would love that so much. So thanks so much, Adam. Thank you, Hannah. Thank you, Andrea. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you soon, Hannah. Bye. See you Thursday. We'll be back in a moment with Evan Kaplan, but first a word from ZipRecruiter. There are job sites that send you tons of the wrong resumes to sort through. That's not smart. But you know what is smart? Going to ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP to hire the right person. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. That's why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. This rating comes from hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. ZipRecruiter.com slash ASP. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Cap hit. Back with our NFL researcher, Evan Kaplan, as we get ready for week six. Week six. Hard to believe. In the NFL. And I always say, I always say, Evan, that once we get to Thanksgiving, that seems to me where the NFL season really takes off from Thanksgiving to the end of the regular season. It flies by, I think, perhaps because it coincides with the holiday season, but it really gains speed. 
But we're already at week six, which yeah, it is feels amazing to me to that me. once you once you hit week six, now you're in the middle of the season. We're out of the we're out of the beginning. We're we're five weeks in, five games for most teams, four for others, and, and now you're you're really in the meat of the season now. And in the meat of the season, I think the best matchup that we get this week, and it could potentially be an AFC championship game preview, is Sunday night in Foxborough, the Patriots and the Chiefs. And it seems, if you look back at it, the Patriots play some of their best football against some of the best teams. The Chiefs haven't lost yet. What do you make of this matchup on Sunday night? They do. And when, and when they're playing against a team that has a better record than they do, they are by far the best in the NFL in the Brady-Belichick era. So you look, Chiefs, like we said, 5-0, and the Patriots 3-2. and When they play a team that enters the game with a better record than they have. Which doesn't happen often. <laughs> Not, doesn't happen often. 41 times in the Brady-Belichick era. That's the fewest in the NFL. Yeah, I'm surprised it's that much, to by be honest with you. Fewest. So that's over about a 17, 18-year span. They are 30-11 and 11 in those games. <laughs> by far the best record in the NFL. There's only three other teams that are even at 500 in those situations. And you think that they've won 11 straight games against a team that entered the game with a better record. The last loss was back in 2009 against the Saints. So when when the other team gets all that attention, everyone talking about the 5-0 and Chiefs, the, the Patriots are usually really good in these spots. Oh, yeah, you got the no-respect card going all week yeah, long, absolutely. people counting us out, right. the vaunted Kansas City oh, Chiefs, absolutely. the Hall of Fame quarterback <laughs> yep. Patrick Mahomes, right? Well, it started already. Bill Belichick talking about Mahomes, said that he can throw the ball out of the stadium, his arm and everything, and, and, and yeah, you know that storyline will will. will Drive through week six. And they're setting it up to be 31-11 and 11 against teams with better records. Wouldn't surprise me at in all. In Foxborough. All right, the Bengals. They've been one of the great stories of the early season. I yeah. think the Bengals offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor, has done a great job with Andy mm-hmm. Dalton. Should we believe in the Cincinnati Bengals and Andy Dalton as they get ready for a big AFC North showdown against the Pittsburgh Steelers? Well, I think based on this season, down 17-3 in Week 5, come back and beat the Dolphins. But you look, and, and these are the types of games that people want to see from the Bengals and from Andy Dalton if they're going to win the AFC North. Uh, Andy Dalton is 3-11 and in his career against the Steelers. That includes hmm. five straight losses, most losses against any team. So you look, in, and these are the spots, 4-1 and Bengals. We've seen them get off the strong starts before. And if if they're going to take the next step and win the division, eventually win a playoff game. These are the types of games against the Steelers who have been the best team in the division over the last five years uh, that that Dalton will have to improve his performance. The only thing I would say is, and I don't know if it was his evident Sunday against Miami, but Andy Dalton has looked a little bit different to me this year. I agree completely. The offense has looked a little bit different to me this year. When when you're able to combine Tyler Boyd with A.J. Green and those two receivers and now Joe Mixon back in the fold after missing a few weeks, the the offense has looked different and... And I think it might be a different Bengals team than we've seen in in the Dalton era. Oh, well, guess what? We'll find that on Sunday. Well, we will. How different they are. And I think the people in Cincinnati would say, people across the league really, we'll find out how different they are once we get to January right? if they make it that far because right. that's where their real tests should be coming. Mm-hmm. All right. There's a draft connection, draft matchups that we should be making this week when the Colts travel to the Jets. Yeah, a couple this week. So let's start with the Colts. Uh, against the Jets. So this one is all about Sam Darnold. The mm-hmm. Jets moved up in the draft to uh, the third overall pick, traded with the Colts. Colts moved about to six. Jets get Darnold, 
the Colts get guard Quentin Nelson and three second round picks. It's always interesting. We'll, we'll look down the road and see how these trades kind of turn out for those teams. Obviously, the Colts were not going to take a quarterback at three, so it made sense to move back. But it's always interesting that the trades, especially with two teams that are already at the top of the draft. No, but there were people who wondered whether Andrew Luck would be healthy. Right? And Absolutely. you also could make the argument that even if he's not healthy, you go take another quarterback and then auction him off because quarterbacks are commodities, right. currency, and they have the most value. But they got such a great offer from the Jets for these extra draft picks at a time when they had so many other needs that they felt like, boy, we've got to go do this. Look, we we saw the Chiefs do it with Patrick Mahomes when they had an established starter in Alex Smith. And, and so just because you have a starter it doesn't mean you can't take a quarterback. The, the other one that's kind of interesting to me is Jaguars, Cowboys, and you look at those two linebackers in Jalen Smith for the Cowboys mm-hmm. and Miles Jack for the Jaguars, two guys who had similar situations kind of with, with injuries going into the draft where were both expected to initially be first-round picks. They slid to the the early part of the second round and now have recovered from their injuries. Jalen Smith leading the Cowboys in tackles. Miles Jack has started every game for Jacksonville over the last two seasons. Just kind of parallel there um, in their first NFL matchup between those two players. Jalen Smith is really playing excellent. I mean, you watch that game in Week 5 against the Texans. He was all over the field. He was all over the field. He's playing the way that a lot of people thought he would. Mm-hmm. Before he hurt his knee in college. Now, I think for people who have forgotten this, I don't think that anyone has, but when he was coming out, he was considered the top defensive prospect in his draft class. The best. Mm -hmm. And he suffered that brutal knee injury in the bowl game that dropped him into the second round. Right. So we'll see about that. All right. I was asked earlier this week about the best team in the league because we see the Chiefs and the Patriots playing Sunday night in Foxborough, but I think the best team in the league right now Probably the Los Angeles Rams with the way they're playing, especially if Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks are out of the protocol and back on the field. And we'll find out whether that's the case for Sunday's game in Denver against the Broncos. But what about this game stands out to you, Evan? Well, you consider the Rams are the fifth team in NFL history to score at least 30 points in each of their first five games. And it's fitting that they play in Denver in week six because the the 2013 Broncos were the last team to accomplish that. And that was the most explosive offense in NFL history. They scored a league record 606 points, got to the Super Bowl, eventually lost to the Seahawks. And, and we also got a few connections here uh, with this this Broncos-Rams game. You look at Jared Goff and Case Keenum were the two quarterbacks on the Rams in 2016, Goff's rookie season. And you look at how, how their career paths have now taken different turns. It was only two years ago. I mean, you, you say 2016, it's not that long ago, but Jared Goff has obviously taken off with Sean McVay in Los Angeles. Case Keenum had all his success last season with the Vikings, then signed with the Broncos. So you look, those two quarterbacks combined to start all those games in 2016 for a disappointing Rams team have obviously taken different directions since then. And then you can't, I think the the overlooked part of the Rams is their defense, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Wade Phillips, who, who, who leads that defense with all the big names and, he returns to Denver, was the was the Broncos defensive coordinator in 2015 and 2016, won Super Bowl 50 with Denver. So so kind of some uh, couple of reunions in addition to, to that, that potent Rams offense. Wade Phillips was the head coach when I covered the Broncos right. back in the 1993-94 seasons. Right. They ran him off then, and I guess they sort of ran him off a couple of years ago. Right. Didn't pay him what he wanted. The Rams did. He's been the perfect complement mm-hmm. to Sean McVay, who's just a total stud as a— the youngest coach who's ever taken over in the NFL. And the last thing I wanted to ask you about was the chemistry that we've seen from Adam Thielen and Kirk Cousins. How would you quantify that, Evan? Well, it's been great over over the first 
five games. The, the two of them are connecting on 71% of passes. Adam Thielen is tied with Antonio Brown for the most targets for any wide receiver in the NFL. And, and it's not just Thielen. They obviously paid Stefan Diggs this summer and the two of them, Diggs and Thielen combined for 991 yards in five games, a ridiculous pace. That's the most for any two wide receivers. So you look at the Vikings who had a big win in week five on the road in Philadelphia. They come home to face the Cardinals. But as I was digging into this, kind of a, a sneaky, sneaky, difficult matchup that you look at Arizona's secondary, they've only allowed one touchdown pass to a wide receiver this season, three interceptions. That's the best ratio in the league. So, uh, But who have they played? They played San Francisco that, this past week. That's what you look at. Yep. They, they played, Mitchell Trubisky, the yeah, Bears. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson. Yeah. And then Alex Smith in week one. That That was the other one. But to your point, they have not faced an offense like the Vikings with Kirk Cousins. So, 49ers banged up. Bears Bears have been explosive at yeah. times. Inconsistent, but explosive. Seahawks have been missing Doug Baldwin. Right. And and you don't think of the Redskins wide receivers either. You, no, they've been among the least productive units in the NFL this year. So, so, while so they, the, they haven't had a great sure. wide receiver numbers test. Say, numbers say one thing, but you always have to look at the matchup. So they'll they'll take a step up in class against Thielen, Diggs, and Cousins. This but week. saying that, Thielen and Diggs, wow, might be the best one-two combination. Although Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster are fantastic. Yeah. But Thielen's been unbelievable with Cousins and Cousins has had 30 completions in every game so far this season. Yeah, he. I mean, the, the two of them have not missed a beat based on what they were last year with Keenum and now Cousins, and and that offense is really humming. If the defense can play like they did in Week 5 against the Eagles, then... And who would have thought we'd been saying that the question about the Vikings is right. the defense? I think it's more the running game. Yes. The, but, hey, running game and defense, they get those two things together, and those are Mike Zimmer staples. The Vikings should be, I would think, in, the in, in a wide open run. NFC North. Bears in first place, Packers and, and Lions haven't looked great, so there's still plenty to be decided in that division. Evan Kaplan, thank you for your Week Six insight and preview. Thank you, Adam. So thank you to Evan Kaplan for that Week Six preview, which should be some great games this upcoming weekend, and a very special thank you to my friends Hannah Storm and Andrea Kramer, who are making history right now, doing what they're doing, and breaking down barriers, breaking down doors, and making it possible for women to do more in the field of sports broadcasting. And for that, I thank them. And I thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please tune in next week for another edition of the Adam Schefter podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody.